Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. We had a home birth back in 2016. So we started a podcast about it. And then grew it into a birth brand to help future and current parents believe in their success with home birth. This is the place to hear home birth stories along with helpful resources and tips to feel empowered and supported in your birth journey. This is Doing It At Home. Welcome home. I'm Sarah, one of your hosts. Today's birth story is entitled, Holy Castor Oil, (laughs) From a Marathon Hospital Birth to a Sprint Home Birth with Nicole Ashgar. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being here. We really appreciate you. If you have not already, please hit subscribe on your podcast player. If you feel so inspired, drop us a review. We really appreciate those. And go to our website, diahpodcast.com, to find all the ways you can connect with us further, follow us on social media, check out our resources, sign up for our free weekly email newsletter. It is a really great email that goes out once a week packed with information about what's going on on the podcast, other resources we're sharing, all sorts of great stuff. So make sure you are signed up for that. And like I said, check out all the other ways to connect with us, learn about all the resources we have. We have our book available on Amazon. We have our fun doing it at home merch available in our shop. All that's there for you. So as it relates to today's home birth story, I think Nicole encapsulates this circumstance and her experience best with this little excerpt she shared with us as we were getting ready to set up the interview and such. So I just want to read from her words because I feel like it does a much better job than I could. Nicole says, I did everything and I mean everything I could to ensure a home birth. But when labor stalled in the 20th hour, I considered all my options and that included a castor oil induction. I'd love to share my experience and the good, bad and ugly, also hilarious side effects. I'd also love to talk about my first birth comparisons and the differences I've found with a long, slow birth versus the fast birth. So, Castor oil comes up a lot in the community, you know, to do it, to not to do it. This is just one example, one experience, one story to add to that conversation. And whatever you do is whatever you do. Um, But it's so great to have all of these different experiences that we can share so that we can learn and make the best choice for us. And this conversation with Nicole was so much fun. We really appreciate her. Quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll hear Nicole's story. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. 
you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Nicole, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm great. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's an honor to be here with you guys. <laughs> well, it's an honor to have you. It We're is. excited. We've been having fun pr- before hitting record. And uh, I think both Sarah and I are excited to just jump into your stories. So thanks for being here. Yeah, for sure. I am too. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> and you've listened to the show for a while, right? Oh my gosh, I've been listening for so long and it it really kept me comfortable and like I had my community with me um, because I had an hour long drive when I was um, going to see my midwives and I would be in the car listening to you guys and it was it was, you know, it's funny because my, the place before that was like 20 minutes away and this place was an hour and I was like, I need to find something to do. And I put it on and I just felt like very comfortable. So it was, it was an awesome, awesome experience. That's so fun. Yeah. I love hearing, you know, how people listen or how they even find it. And, you know, someone's doing that right now. Someone's driving to their midwife. That's an hour away listening right now. And I just, that's, that's so cool how, you know, just how we're all connected and what what the space is here for. So I just love hearing that. Thanks for sharing that. Of course. Yeah. So share with us also a little bit about you and your family and what you're up to. Yep. So I am Nikki Ashkar. I'm one of the co-owners of um, Mav's Top Buns. It's like a little family cinnamon bun bakery uh, based out of New Jersey. Um, I'm a mom to Maverick, who's going to be three next week which is really exciting and crazy. I can't believe I have an almost three-year-old. And then um, Marley, who is going to be one in March. So they're uh, just a little bit over two years apart, two years and a month. And um, yeah, I mean, we are, we do everything as a family, me and my husband and the two kids, we, we drag them everywhere with us. And we're just like a little caravan of craziness 24 seven. So it's, it's been a wild ride since I met that guy. So <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. That's, that's our great. style too. Just like, Hey, you're here now. Welcome to this side, earth side. And you're coming along with Let's us, go. you know, everything we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> the wild adventure, right? Of oh, parenthood. That's yeah. so cool. And these buns, y'all, I'm gonna, we're gonna link them so that you can check this out. But we were looking entirely too long before we hit record and almost like didn't hit record. <laughs> um, <laughs> like cinnamon roll is one thing. Like I know what a cinnamon roll looks like. I've had a cinnamon roll. This looks like a whole other level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our buns are very special. I mean, we think they're very special. Um, they're, they take about 48 hours to complete They're you know, there's a lot of love in them. It's my grandmother's recipe. And, um, since the beginning, they've just like taken off and it's been just like a crazy, crazy ride. Um, there was a point actually, I mean, like I'll get into this a little bit later when I talk about Marley, but when I got pregnant with her, I couldn't even stand 
the smell of the buns. So we had to take off. And it's so funny because we have so many pregnant women who come to us like, I need these buns. I'm going to kill my husband unless I get them. Like, (laughs) so, um, but so it's so ironic that I couldn't smell them. I like would get so sick. We had to take a break, but oh, that's wild. Oh, yeah. my, oh, wow. Well, I love it. That's awesome. And for so in what area could people go check them out? Like if they live up. So in- we're in the Monmouth County area. Okay. Um, we are going to start shipping um, as soon as possible. We're trying to get a, a bigger space to bake out of. And um, when that happens, we're trying to get on Gold Belly, too. So when that happens, nationwide shipping will come. And uh, hopefully all the mamas on here will get that craving. And- yes. <laughs> And get that tray of buns. I'm you got to so get excited. some orders from Atlanta yeah, for sure. Gonna- <laughs> Pregnant or not, we're ordering. Uh, yeah, some. yeah. <laughs> we will try those out. Oh my gosh. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, great. So you're up there. You're making a lot of buns. You have a couple kiddos. You know, you're up to a few things. You're busy. You're a busy woman. Where Correct. and how, through the course of growing your family, did home birth become a concept for you? Was it something you knew about, thought about, or was it, you know, did, when did it get introduced? So, Honestly, I have always been interested in it with my son Maverick. Um, when we were giving, when we were like in the process of figuring out what we wanted to do, um, it was in the back of my mind, um, to do it at home, but I was a little nervous. It was like my first time. And I was like, you know what, let me just get a doula and let me figure out, like, let's go like step-by-step here. Let's, you know, make me comfortable. And also like we had a a recent death in the family and my husband wasn't too comfortable with it. And he was just like, we were kind of processing some trauma there. Mm -hmm. Um, so we were like, let's do it in the hospital, but I'll have a doula and I'm not going to, I'm not going to have an epidural. I'm just going to be unmedicated. Um, so that's what we did with Maverick. Um, there was a lot of stuff. I don't know. Do you want me to like start from the beginning of the whole like story about Maverick or did you want me to go into like, cause I feel like I'm going to go halfway. Yeah. <laughs> right whatever, now. whatever high points you want to share for you and, um, you know, how it relates to how you progressed in your birthing journey. Yeah. So, so for that, um, because we had the doula, it really, it, after we had um, him in the hospital, I was like, I wasn't hooked up to any IV. I wasn't, I didn't take any pain medication. Like, why am I here? You know, like, what was the point of being here? It felt like very, um, like a foreign place and it didn't feel comfortable to me to be in the hospital. Um, And so when we got pregnant with Marley, I was like, I immediately knew I wanted to at least do a birthing center. Um, And, you know, after a while I was like, we have to transition this to a home birth because that's where I know I'll feel the most comfortable. And I, it also, you guys like listening to you as your podcast made me like jump and made me feel comfortable doing that. Um, so that's basically where we started. That's where we decided to do that. (laughs) Wow. That's cool. So what sort of things did you kind of have to overcome if any, you know, whether it was you or you and your conversations with Mike to, to make that shift, you know, to, to do it at home? Um, I definitely had to feel comfortable with the midwives that I chose. Mm. So with, um, I I had started at another group um, and it felt, it was weird because midwives, like people think like they're automatically very, um, you know, homeopathic and, and not clinical and everything. And the place that I chose at first, which was highly recommended was basically a doctor's office with like midwives. Mm. And um, I was weighed every single um, the time I went there and it was like a fat shaming every single time I went, wow. they would be like, you know, you gained three pounds. You just need to be really mindful and, and 
careful about that. And so every time I would say to Mike, like, I don't want to go here because I am so, I feel so terrible about myself every time I'm going there and they're weighing me and telling me I'm gaining too much weight and I need to be mindful and I need to be strict and careful and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, my body and every woman's body does what they have to do for when they're pregnant. And for me, like, I just naturally gain a lot of weight when I'm pregnant and that's just what it is. And I'm, I, my blood pressure is usually fine. I'm, I'm, ha- you know, healthy. So it was, that was one of the biggest things why I decided to switch because I felt like it was very not female friendly, women centric. And that's what I wanted, like an, an empowerment, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so then we ended up switching to, um, another group that was like, I was obsessed with them. They were an hour away from us, but I made the trip because I loved the women there. And I felt like it was very, just like they took me under their wing and they supported me and it was great. That's, Uh, I love that. I love the points you bring up too. And I think this is a really great, you know, learning moment or lesson for those who might be on the beginning of their journey or might just be wanting to do it different for future births. You know, just because someone is a midwife, that doesn't mean what we might think it means in the right. in the out of hospital birth realm. Um, they could very much have different methodologies and belief systems just depending on where they're coming from. So for someone wanting an out of hospital birth or a home birth, well, I got a midwife, cool, done. Like I don't need to worry about anything else. Well, that's where those conversations really come into play on, you know, are you a great personality fit? What are their core beliefs around birth? You know, what are their your, their core practices when they give you care, you know, throughout the course of your pregnancy and birth and postpartum? That's something really great to consider. And, you know, not all midwives are the same. Not all doulas are the same either. So to think that you just have one of each and, you know, you're set and you're going to have the ideal home birth that you want, you know, that's where more more critical thinking and conversations come into play to to circumvent any sort of um, issues because someone could feel kind of cheated or like they've been, you know, uh, faulted in in some way that they didn't get the birth that they want when reality that care provider was in total alignment with how they do their care you just you know didn't realize that didn't work for you so I, yeah. I love that you bring that up that you know you had a midwife great but it wasn't the right midwife for you so you made that switch yep. that's awesome 100 percent. and I you know like I think that this comes from like my past as well but I have a lot of trouble um like making decisions for myself and being very strong in my decisions. I'm very easily swayed about a lot of things, but when it comes to my kids, I'm extremely, you know, aligned in what I want and what I want to do. And um, so, you know, everyone was telling me, especially in New Jersey, like there's nobody who does home birth. Like even for me to be unmedicated in the hospital was like unheard of. Like people were coming in, like I was like a unicorn, you know what I mean? In the hospital. And they were like, like nice to meet you. Like I heard you did this unmedicated and (laughs) we've never had anyone here do it unmedicated. And I was like, you mean like since biblical times or like, (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, but it was, it was great because I felt like when I, when I switched to the home birth and I had my, um, my midwife and their, her whole practice there, it was like, I was one of many, you know what I mean? And I felt like I had my community and, um, it was great. That's awesome. I think it's also great yeah. that you were willing to make that drive, an hour-long drive. Definitely. You know, I think that it's it's easy to sort of um, look within your immediate surroundings, not find something, and then say, okay, well, I, I, I don't have any options. Uh, we spoke with a, a very well-known OBGYN and birth advocate, Dr. Stu Fishbein, mm-hmm. and he talked about that, you know, be willing to travel for 
the care that you want and that works for you. So, um, Nicole, I'm curious, what was it within you that um, made it where you were willing to travel an hour to go to this this other midwifery practice? I mean, I just think about it in terms of, you know, there are so many of my friends and so many of my relatives that had the type of birth that they didn't want. And that's something that they think about forever. And they think about it for literally the rest of their lives, the rest, you know, so to sacrifice a little bit of time and to kind of, it almost felt like self-care to to like myself during pregnancy, because it Mm. was like, okay, I'm going in the car, I'm turning on your podcast and I'm going to like zone out and I'm, and I'm just going to take that time for myself and center my head around what I'm doing. And, you know, it was a very actually relaxing time that my time in the car. I mean, I think every mom thinks that too, right? Like I'm going to take a drive in the car by myself for an hour. And it was <laughs> great because my, you know, my, I am fortunate. My husband watched my son while I would go to these appointments and it would sometimes take two hours, but he would tell his work, like I'm, I'm watching my, my child for a couple hours, whatever he's going to be loud on the phone and they were good with it. So, um, you know, we're very fortunate in that aspect too, that they were supportive of, of him taking the time out of his work day to watch my child while I got the care I needed, you know, that's brilliant. That's that's beautiful. It's, it just demonstrates community coming Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. to support, you know, a mom, a birthing person. And I love that your husband was, Mm -hmm. was there to support his job was there in support. Uh, I think it's fantastic. And the point that you made, it's like, you know, seeing people who had birth outcomes that they didn't really love for themselves inspired you to to go beyond what was maybe the norm of traveling. Like, I'm going to go travel for this. And I love that you made it self-care time for you, for you as well. That's great. That's powerful. Yeah, it definitely, it, it helped. It helped me cent- center my mind around what was going on. So were there a couple of resources or things that you did that you feel helped you prepare or create that space, you know, mentally, visually for the birth that you wanted? I mean, besides your podcast, which really, which really helped. I also read, um, Ina Mae Gaskin's, uh, book. What was it called? I'm blanking the childbirth guide to childbirth. Yeah. Guide to childbirth. Yes. Yes. And it was the second time I read it too. And every time, you know, like I have a baby, I was like thinking like, I have to reread this book because it, it really, it, like I said, it, it makes you feel like you have a community in a place where you feel alone. You know, like a lot of women say they feel alone, um, when they're pregnant, but like, they're also, you know, together in the sense that most of them are giving birth in the hospital that people ask immediately, who's your OB. And if you, God forbid, God forbid, say I'm having a home birth, it's like, well, what if the baby has this, or what if this happens to the baby or what if something happens to you? And it's like, you know, almost like you do more research when you're, when you're doing a home birth, like you are more educated because you know that if there is something that does happen, you know, what is my plan? What is my midwife's plan? Like, is she researched? Like you have to do all those things. And whereas when you have an OB, you're just kind of like, you know, take me, yeah. figure it out. You Like, I, I don't know anything about what you're doing, but I trust you because you're my doctor. But like, in reality, you know, those doctors are prepared to do surgery. And like, that's not the first step for someone who's going through a home birth. Like you're, you're trusting your body first, right? Like you're trusting your baby first. And um, I think that that's the most important thing when you're having home birth is people think that you're not thinking, but you are, you're thinking more, if anything, you're thinking, yeah, like I have all these fears and all these doubts and all these things coming at me, but I have to trust myself because I'm going to do that research and I'm going to know what I'm going to do, you know? Ooh, 
Mic drop. I love it. These are such really great points and themes that are coming up here. I, I love this. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the birth story. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. So take us to when birthing time was coming close. Like, how were you feeling? What was going on? So it's funny because I compare Marley's birth to Maverick's birth as like Maverick's was a marathon and Marley's was a sprint. Okay. And it's, it's totally the case because Maverick's, I was in labor for like 27 hours and it did feel it honestly felt very manageable. Um, the pain felt very manageable for me. I did hypno babies at, um, with him. Um, it didn't really come through for me as much as I thought it would. I probably could have done it more and I, it, it would have helped me more. Um, but for him, like I had my, I had the doula and it was very slow. Like I got a pedicure before I, I like went into the hospital with him and it was so funny because when I, my water broke before, which is like very uncommon, you know, to like have your water break before, um, labor and it happened twice. It happened with both of them. Um, so for Maverick, my water broke, we were out at breakfast and we were like, okay, like, and it's funny because my doula, she, she knew she's like, it's going to take forever. And I was like, but like, I still kind of trusted my OB and I still kind of like needed to have that reassurance. So I called them and I was like, all right. Um, you know, I'm in labor. I I'm not in labor yet. I'm feeling some, a little bit light cramping and my water just broke. And, you know, they were like, okay, well, since your water broke, you have to come in, like you have to come to the hospital. Mm. And I called my doula and she's like, you don't have to go to the hospital yet. Just wait, just wait a little bit. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get a pedicure. My husband's like, okay, I'll drive you to get a pedicure. So he's driving me to get a pedicure. <laughs> this is not normal and, protocol. <laughs> he's like, he's like, okay, whatever you want, babe. Like, I'll do whatever you say. Because <laughs> I'm literally in labor and you have to do what I say. So anyway. <laughs> so I went to get a pedicure and I sw- and like what nobody tells you, and what I didn't know is that when you your water breaks, it literally keeps going. It keeps going, even if like you go home and you change your pants and you change your underwear and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So I went to get a pedicure and I get up and the ladies are like, you're like the <laughs> the seat is wet. Like, whoops. they're like, are you okay? Can we help you? And I was like, no, no, I'm fine. Just like, like breathing. And anyway, so it was chaotic. And, um, we got to the hospital and they, you know, tried to put the IV in and it wasn't going in because my veins are crazy small. And so I had like bruising up and down my hand after I gave birth, like ridiculous. Um, the resident that was attending there, um, she was extremely rough with me during cervical checks. They were kind of rushing me when I was, um, you know, obviously I'm in labor for 20 something hours in the hospital that whole time practically, because I only waited a few hours before I, before I went in there. Um, and my doula came, uh, pretty early on. So she was there with me the whole time. And, uh, basically, I mean, it was 20 something hours of her just like transitioning me from the toilet to the bed. Um, the nurse like didn't really know how to put the bed in like throne position. So she had like show, mm. like, I'm glad my doula was there. Cause she had to show the nurse, like, this is how you put the bed up mm. because most women are like lying flat on their backs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was another reason, like, I'm super glad if I was going to be in the hospital, I had my doula there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
So then basically, you know, Maverick came out, I was lying on my back and it was a pretty easy transition. Like I said, it was like 20 something hours of just me going through it. It was, it was a marathon and they only let me eat like a popsicle the entire time that I was there. Um, and I definitely needed that energy that helped me push through. Um, but anyway, so Maverick's birth was more chaotic before, um, before I actually gave birth to him because I had a Zika scare. They told me I had Zika oh, wow. um, because I went to Hawaii and that's where I got pregnant, like on our honeymoon. Mm. So they told me I was positive for Zika and it was actually a false positive. Oof. So I was Jeez. going five months of my pregnancy thinking that I had Zika, which was, you know, insane. And yeah. they never called me to tell me because the doctor's office was so disorganized. So they called me at five months and they were, I was like, I've been trying to ask, you know, is this positive? Because they tested me again. And they were like, well, your name changed, right? Oh, we, we, we didn't know. Like we didn't know your name changed. So we couldn't find you. And we just never told you. So this is five months of my pregnancy thinking I had. Wow. So anyway, so moving on past Maverick's birth, which was like absolutely amazing, but like, I def, there were a lot of things that could have been, could have been different. Mm -hmm. Right. For me, Mm -hmm. I, I felt very proud of myself and very powerful. Um, so with Marley, my water broke again. Um, let's think it was like almost 30 hours before I actually went into active labor with her and it like wasn't happening. It wasn't moving along and everything was so good up until that point. Like I was passing all my tests, like my, my midwives are very strict. They were like, if you have any sign of anything, like the breach breach baby, obviously like she was, she ended up being turned. I, I had to turn, I like stood on my head. Um, what was the other thing I had placenta previa, like ha- partial covered. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she definitely, she moved up cause Maverick was the same thing and she did end up moving, but I, that was another thing on my mind weighing like, Oh God, like what am I going to do? If she's not, if she doesn't move out of the way, then I mm-hmm. won't be able to, um, then the placenta doesn't move out of the way. Then I won't be able to have a home birth. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did move. And, um, so my water broke. My midwife was like, okay, you're going to have a choice. Like as we go, as we go along here, she's like, do you want to have the baby by the time your, your son wakes up in the morning? And I was like, yeah, yes. I want to have this baby soon. You know, this is like, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. Cause I didn't want to have to go to the hospital obviously. So she's like, all right, we're going to try to do a castor oil birth. And I was like, okay. Um, I was a little panicked because I didn't know anything about it. I had read some things. I'd heard some things that were like, some were great. Some were not so it great. And I knew that there was a risk, mm-hmm. but I thought about it. Like there's a risk, excuse me, for me to go and be induced yeah. too. And that, and I would rather take the risk taking castor oil, which is like a natural thing versus something that is like a medication that also has risks. Mm-hmm. So like there's two things that have risks and I had to weigh which one was going to be better. And I wanted to be at home. So anyway, can I pause um, real quick? Okay, so when you said castor yeah. castor oil birth, does that mean you just are taking castor oil once? Is it do you take it a lot of times? Do you, do you do more than just take castor oil? Can you explain? Yeah. So she, um, I forget the exact dosage of it. It was a very small amount of castor oils one time, and she basically said, "You're going to take this like a shake. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put some vanilla ice cream in there, some peanut butter, and some orange juice, and like blend it up." And then you're going to chug it. And it, you know, people think like, oh, the worst part is taking it. It's really wasn't that bad. I just kind of chugged it. And then she goes, and then you're going to go to sleep. And it was like 11 o'clock at night. 
And I literally wasn't progressing. My, my contractions weren't progressing. And then I woke up in the middle of the night at like 1 a.m. And I was like, oh, shit, it's happening. Mm. Like, it is happening. Wow. And that's why I say Marley was a sprint. Because from the moment I woke up after that castor oil, I was in active, active labor. It was, I was having Mike, like, time the contractions. And they were, they went from, like, four minutes to two minutes in, like, less than an hour. Mm. Um, And it was really, really intense. And I was like laboring on the toilet the whole time. And I had all these like mantras above my head that was like, I can do anything for one minute or 60 seconds. And I had these, like, I made Mike bring me blankets. I was shivering and cold, which like, which was weird because I didn't feel like that with Maverick. And I was like really cold and I was sitting on the toilet the whole time. And he's like, do you want to go in the shower? And I was like, okay. So I like get up and I'm hobbling to the shower. I'm like, no, this feels terrible. And it was so funny because all the things you think that you want during a birth it completely goes out the window like I thought I was gonna be in a pool so he's blowing up the pool and running back in time in my contractions and I'm like this is not gonna work like I'm gonna give birth to this baby before this pool even gets halfway blown up like it's a kiddie pool Uh, (laughs) um so because it happened so fast and my midwives were far away and it's been like 48 hours almost since I started, since my water broke, I was like, I don't want to rush them here. Like, it'll be fine. But I didn't realize how fast it was going to go. So I called them and I was like, yeah, it's happening. And, and even when they got in the car, it was like really, really progressing. Um, and so by the time my midwife got here, I was like almost ready to push. Um, which was not ideal for them because they wanted to be able to monitor me. Like she, she could hardly like, she had to wait for my, one of my contractions to stop before she put my blood pressure cuff on. Cause she didn't want to like disturb me, which was great because I feel like in a hospital state, they wouldn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. They just want to like figure you know, do everything for what they feel like they have to do for the hospital and whatever. So, um, she was great about that. And she was the only one here. There were two other backup midwives that were on their way. And I was like, I need to push. I'm, I'm like sitting in there. And, and I was like, I need, I need, she's like, you don't want to have your baby on the bathroom floor. Do you want to go to your bed? Like, and I was like, no, it's fine. I'll just stay here. Um, but I did, I eventually, after contractions over, I was like, okay, let's go to the bed. So I hobbled over and, um, well, let me just say one thing before this. So I always know I'm in transition because I get really nauseous and I throw up. So I told Mike, <sighs> I am going to throw up. Like, please go get me a garbage bag. I didn't have anything. Like I was not prepared in any way. So he ran downstairs, grabbed me, grabbed the garbage bag, runs back upstairs. And I'm lit. I'm throwing up in this. And I'm like, what kind of garbage bag is this? And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Grab the Febreze one. So I'm literally like breathing in this perfumey <laughs> garbage bag. <laughs> It was so, it was so crazy because like, it's one of those things that make for such a great story afterwards. Cause I'm like, why would you bring me that garbage bag? It smells awful. And it made me throw up even more. (laughs) Um, so, but he, Mike is the most calm human being. So when, with all of my chaos and all of my craziness, he always is the one to like kind of ground me and, and always, you know, help me out (laughs) in all these crazy scenarios. Um, so anyway, so my midwife's here, I'm, I'm hobbling over to the bed and finally the other midwives get here. She's telling Mike, like you, you got to help me because I don't have anyone here. Like before they arrived. So she's like, 
he, he always, you know, laughs because he goes, here, here's this, here's that, here's my, like, uh, you know, my gloves, my, my, all my medical equipment. And, and she goes, and here's my crystal, put it there. <laughs> it's like for good luck. She carries around this like good luck charm. So he thought it was like hilarious. Cause he goes, and here's my crystal. So he puts the crystal down <laughs> on the bed. And, um, so he filmed the whole thing for me. Like, I don't even remember where he was. I know with Maverick, I needed his support so much and I needed him to be like right on me, like holding me. Like I was swaying on him and doing all these things as my birth partner. And for Marley, it was coming so fast that I was so like, it felt more empowering to me because I didn't feel like I needed anyone. I felt like I could have just done it myself. And like, obviously I loved that my midwives were there to, to catch the baby and, and to help me and support me through everything. But it was just one of those moments where it was just me and like focusing on pushing and everything. And I didn't need anyone. It was, it was one of those moments where I, I felt like that. And, um, so I had, um, so I was, this is like the pushing phase, right? So I'm getting ready to push and I have these like horrible, this is obviously TMI, but I have these horrible hemorrhoids and I took the castor oil. So the castor oil, you know, yeah. gives you some stomach pains, gives you some diarrhea, gives mm-hmm. you some whatever. And I, it, it's funny because I was on the toilet laboring the whole time and I didn't have any of that stuff happening. And when I was pushing, it started to happen. Right. So in my mind muscle connection, I'm pushing, but then I feel like my, like my rectum, my whatever, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's like weird because you don't know like where you're, you almost like don't know where you're pushing from. Mm -hmm. Mm. So my midwife is like trying to like wipe everything away and whatever. And, um, I was like, can you just stop doing that? Because I can't focus on where I'm pushing. Like I need to focus on pushing the baby out. Like I can't focus on the pain of like another area. You know what I mean? So, um, so she was like, well, I don't, she's like, okay, but she keeps doing it. Cause she didn't want me to like have the baby, like poop on the baby. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's crazy. But anyway, so I ended up like pushing, pushing the baby out in like, I don't know, six or seven pushes. It was, it was pretty fast. And she, she came out and she was beautiful. And I looked at her and I was like, you look just like your brother. Mm -hmm. And it was like this magical, magical moment. And, um, you know, it was weird because I remember they let me shower like right after, which was one of the best showers I've ever had in my life. I didn't even mm. want to leave the shower. And I felt like I thought about it afterwards and I was like feeling guilty in my mind. You know, like how moms like feel guilty about silly things. And I was like, how come I didn't want to leave the shower and like be with my baby? Like I just birthed this baby. But like in my mind, it was like such a crazy whirlwind. Like I just got sucker punched mm. and I needed like a minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, all those things. Right. And so when it ended, I remember feeling so proud of myself and so shocked that I was able to do that, especially like in my own bed. Um, but we got no time because my son ended up sleeping through the whole thing. He was upstairs in his bedroom and I was like, how did he not wake up? I was screaming like an animal, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And he just, he slept through the whole thing. It was like a very magical, weird thing that he slept. And he woke up at like 6.30, as he usually does, and came into the room. And we were like, you have a sister. And, wow. and you know, we gave birth in, overnight. And he was a baby at the time, so he didn't really understand. He was still really young, but he adores her now. Mm. And um, and they also say, you know, after the birth, right, like newborns have this um, this innate 
responsive, like sleeping for, they have a long stretch of sleep. Marley never had that. (laughs) It was weird because it was almost like she was so stimulated by the birth and by meeting her brother and all this kind of stuff. Like she didn't want to fall asleep. So, I mean, she sleeps great now, which was unlike my son, but it's just, it, it was wild how we felt like we didn't get a rest, you know? And that was the one thing with the home birth that I would recommend for women to have someone or mamas to have someone there when their kid wakes up, when their other kid wakes up Mm. to at least have that support because I didn't have that at all. And it was also during COVID time. Mm -hmm. So I kind of didn't want, I didn't really want that many people there, but I definitely should have had at least one person to kind of facilitate that rest because I didn't get to rest that much. That's a great point. I hope all that made sense. (laughs) I think it does. Yeah. I mean, right now someone's taking notes on, (laughs) on that if they have other siblings or, you know, just to have the option for that and, and that you can kind of look, look back at that. And in retrospect, you know, that could have been helpful for you, uh, that, that you can share that I think is great. I mean, that's what this whole thing is about is learning from our own experiences and sharing. Yeah, this is something I would definitely replicate. This is something I would shift. This is something I would not do ever again, you know, and then people can take from it what's going to work for, for them. But I think that you could, could recognize that and how that played into your experience is great. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, it also changed the voice of of me. Like it changed me as a person to have the home birth because I really felt like I came away knowing that I can do this and that a lot of other women who want to do it but are too afraid can also do can also do it. And you know, I try not to push too much on my social media about it. Like I try not to be because I know that there are a lot of women who will say like um you know, this happened to me and that happened to me. And, you know, it's, it's funny because as, as women and as moms, we feel like we don't want to push our agenda on other people because we don't like it when people do it to us. Right. But, but I feel like education is needed. Right. So like, if I knew from the beginning that a home birth could be totally safe, as long as you're low risk, as long as you have people who are advocating for you, as long as you have people who are experienced then I would have done it from the beginning, but I had nobody around me to tell me all of these things. And, you know, when I was in the hospital with Maverick at the very end, you know, when you, after you give birth and they give you Pitocin through an IV drip to like, stop the, stop the bleeding. And I didn't know that. And, and I wouldn't have known that if it wasn't for my doula, they just do it. And then they don't really ask and they don't really, you know, ask for permission or anything like that. So she was like, you know, she hasn't had an IV in, in her at all could she get a shot instead if you're going to make her do that? And they said, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, those are the kinds of things that we would never ask for. We would never know to ask for if I didn't, if I didn't know the process. Right. And I would have asked if I knew what was happening or what was being put into my body or anything like that. And um, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy that that happens and that women don't really know what's going on. Like my one, you know, there, there are people who get induced every day that, that don't need to be induced. Like you're a day late. What do you need to be induced for right now? You know, and, and there's a lot of risk to that. And they don't, they don't say you're going to be induced. Here are the risks. They say you're going to be induced and that's that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why you guys are here. <laughs> and you yeah, sharing you your story well. now. And I love how you, one of the other things I get from what you shared is that home birth as an experience you know, there isn't one way to do home birth and there also isn't one home birther um, 
archetype, you know, that just, just hearing, yeah. you know, your journey and how you came to it and the, the reasons that went into it for you, you know, they're different for each person. So I just think like what you said, to just know what the options are and then you lean into what connects with with you, but let's have more of the options out there. Let's grow more platforms like this. Let's have more conversations like this. Let's share more stories and that the stories matter. So it's, it's that combination of, of story and what resonates with you emotionally and the education, you know, there's a place for all of it. And it's, you know, everyone has their, their different ratios of what speaks to them most, but I mean, you can have it all just, you know, take your pick. And, and, and totally. feel awesome about it. And we we love that. We'll support you in that, whatever whatever the choice is, as long as you feel great about it. So Yeah. And I think that that's one of the biggest things like that happen in this country specifically, not to get like too political or anything, but it's, it's really about the fact that a lot of people want to tell women, want to tell mamas what they should do and what everyone else has done. And, and it, it's not that's not the way to go about it. It should be right. Like the education and it should be having a conversation and saying, well, what do you want to do? And why is that? And, and where do you get that information from? And can I learn more about that? Yeah. Um, Rather than constantly telling people, you know, what, what you've heard is, is what's correct. It might not bite. It might, might not be, it might be, you know, that you have to do more research that everyone has to do more research about what's going on. And, uh, you know, I made the right decision and I know, I, I know I made the right decision. And then it's kind of like, you know, I, I've heard when uh, a couple of the podcasts that I listened to for you guys, there was, there was some, I forget which woman, but she basically said that she felt like scared to not, uh, to fail, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're scared when you tell people I am doing a home birth yeah. and God forbid yeah, you have to get transferred to the hospital. Then all of a sudden those people can say I was right. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I was right to, to not, um, to feel like you were uns that you were not safe in yep. in your space, and that's really that weighed on my mind a lot mm-hmm. as well because I I'm the biggest person who has to prove myself and has to prove to people like I'm making the right decision. Mm-hmm. So um, there was that too. There was that fear of being like, am I doing the right thing? And what if I have to get transferred? Yep. Then all these people are going to say, look, I told you so. You know. Yep. So, but that's not a failure. You know, none of that is a failure. It's, it shouldn't even be, it shouldn't even be, you should ask a mom, what are you doing? Great. Sounds good. Right. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds awesome. You look great. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Just zip it and move on. Forget like the Googling you've done, the WebMD expert that you are, what your cousin's brother's dog walker's roommate did. 10 years ago for their birth. Just forget all that. That, that one study that you yeah, the one heard thing about that you read. on Twitter. Yeah. And like the one stat that seems really scary and it's like double a something, but it double means from 0.01 to 0.02, you know, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. oh, the studies by the scientists who don't have wives, don't have, they're not, they're, they're, you know, men who haven't given birth and they have no, no idea about birth and the process of birth. And mm-hmm. yeah. it's so com- birth is so complex. We don't know much about it mm-hmm. at all. It's really just trusting in the mom and, you know, and the baby mm-hmm. that they're going to jive and do what's, what's right. And there are some things that happen and, and totally we get that, but the majority of the time it's safe and, and to be in a safe space, like your own home, I feel like facilitates that positive outcome, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Nicole, you're so awesome. I feel like you 
along with your story, you have a really grounded way of communicating the information in a very objective way. Like I get from you, it's just like, take it or leave it. This has been my experience and this is what I see. Like you're, you're rocking it. I see more conversations like this for you or more people (laughs) that you can support just, just from your experience and, you know, birth and buns. I see a a meetup in the future. (laughs) Babies and buns. It's funny because we have a we have a mom group that I'm trying to start. It's called the Cinemoms. Oh, and we're oh, that's great. And we're gonna try and like meet and talk and stuff. And um, you know, I have a really good um, uh, lactation consultant that's gonna come and talk to some moms that need it. And there are you know, there are no groups like that around here mm-hmm. where everyone can kind of like lean on each other, especially during the pandemic. That everyone's kind of holed up by themselves in their in their house. So. I felt like I would use this community that I built around the cinnamon buns to kind of support other moms and support, you know, everyone feeling good about themselves and, and eating whatever the hell they want to eat and making, you know, not making them feel bad about themselves. And, you know, that's really what, what it's all about, especially for me, like this community that we built is, is supporting each other and making sure that we all are like fed and happy and, and, and that's it. (laughs) That's so great. Thank you That's so much, awesome. Nicole. Really appreciate you. Everyone up in the, what's the county again? Or what's your area? You said Monmouth County. Monmouth County. County. Go get some Mavs top buns and tell me how they are <laughs> and then get some for me and bring them back to me in Atlanta. Okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks so much Thank again, Nicole. Back. Thanks, Nicole. We appreciate you. <laughs> Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved. Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.